0: So, welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm Jillian McMichael, your host, and I'm absolutely delighted that you're here with me today. And today I'm in conversation with Denise Linney, who is an absolute inspiration to me, and I'm sure she will be to you. Now, Denise has been through some interesting challenges through her life. She's had heart failure, she's had huge operations, and then she's had a number of health scares as she's progressed from her being 50 years old into being into her 60s. Now, the conversation today is about wellness and how Denise overcame her own obstacles and how I suppose determination, commitment, and a real passion for feeling fit has taken her. So all you need to do is sit back, listen, and enjoy the conversation. So welcome, Denise, to our conversation today. I'm absolutely delighted that you're here. So how, first of all, are you feeling about our conversation today?
1: I'm, I'm really excited, Julian, and uh, particularly excited because it's face to face. You know, we spend most of our time virtually, don't we? So, um, yeah, so it's great to be here. Yeah, In the same room as you. In the same room, (laughs) exactly,
0: because we have done some work over the years, haven't we? Mm. But it's all been more or less virtual, Mm. apart from the odd occasion. so it is nice to have you here today. So welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm going to hand really the reins over to Denise because she's going to do a little introduction to who she is and what she does, and then we're going to delve into her journey and how she's overcome some really, I would say quite tricky obstacles around health in particular, and she's going to share all her tips and techniques with us as we go through the conversation.
1: Okay, so um, I'm 63 years of age, so as an older adult, I've got a professional background as a nurse and as a midwife, but a lot of my career I spent working for the Royal College of Midwives in various roles. Mm-hmm. I'm also a personal trainer, a qualification that I got later on in life. Mm-hmm and I then specialized in exercise for the older adult and certainly I know you Gillian because I trained through your company to be a professional coach Uh, I qualified beginning of 2019 and I'm currently doing Hopefully, an MA in coaching at Warwick University. I'd always promised myself that when I retired, and I did retire from full time edu- uh, full time work during the pandemic, that I would go back to university and take a more le- leisurely approach to studying, not working full-time and not having young children. So that's what I'm currently doing.
0: Amazing. So first of all, how are you finding the study, uh, going back now as a <laughs> as a mature student maybe?
1: <laughs> I- I'm finding it quite challenging actually. Yeah. You know, it was 15 years ago that I'd last done any academic study and that was for a law degree. And I can't remember it being this hard. But, you know, I'm going to persevere. Yeah. And, yeah, I am learning a lot. Good. Um, so... Yes, and it is nice going back to university and not worrying about work and not having to worry about, you know, childcare. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I am in- enjoying it.
0: Yeah. So, in terms of that kind of um, the hard bit, what is it that's making it Oh, writing, the, more...
1: writing an assignment. <laughs> I think I'd be the same, though, to be honest. <laughs> you know, it, when, when I was doing a law degree, the assignments were 3,000 words. These assignments are 5,000 words. So it's a post-grad
0: yep. qualification.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a bit challenging. Yeah, and there's something about sitting down, writing an assignment. You've got four hours. It just the time just disappears. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. yes, it's it's uh, interesting. Yeah,
0: but this, as you said, this is not the, the the first time that you've kind of retrained or to develop yourself. And it feels like obviously you trained, like you said, you did your law degree fifteen mm. years ago. You're now doing this, but you've also had you've trained with me as a coach. Yeah. So so take me back a little bit, if that's all right, to kind of. know a little bit more around your earlier days because really I know that you're passionate about wellness Mm -hmm. you are a wellness coach now and obviously the the MA in coaching is just going to kind of deepen that learning and maybe your offering so to take us back a little bit to kind of your your nursing days and how
1: would you describe yourself then as a well I think it's an interesting one isn't it because you know as a nurse and as a as a midwife the training never encompassed wellness. Mm. You know, I think that's a fairly new concept anyway. But in terms of learning about nutrition, learning about exercise, it just, it just wasn't there. I mean, clearly I you had, you had an interest in health, but it was you know, it's more focused to ill health, I suppose, you know, as yeah. a nurse, certainly. As a midwife, it was more holistic because you were, you know, this was, you know, being a midwife, you're looking after a woman when they're having a life event. Yeah. You know, this isn't about illness. I've clearly always had that interest Mm. but really the 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 interest in wellness and health and fitness probably came around about 10 years ago because I was one of these people that went to the gym Mm -hmm. but I would say that I dabbled in it right you know I, I would go to the gym fiddle around for half an hour three quarters of an hour go home tell people that I go to the gym three to five times a week and I couldn't understand why I wasn't losing weight you know that type of thing because I I just didn't know what I was yeah you know and then about 10 years ago I joined another gym which had a very different approach and I started learning about health and fitness Mm -hmm. and I got really interested really passionate about it and that's when I decided that I would train to become a a personal trainer myself Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's just so interesting the benefits of exercise and yep. everything so that's really it was about 10 years ago that I really started to think. So 50s. Yeah early 50s early 50s yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which even then you know I, I, <laughs> I remember uh, going to a boot camp uh, over my local park and so I must have been about 53 mm, mm-hmm. and you know asking the trainers am I too old to be doing this? Yeah. It's a stupid question I know now Yeah. Um, they said oh no no you're fine and I absolutely loved it and that's really what sparked off my interest in, in fitness. Amazing.
0: So tell us a little bit more around that journey then about, because obviously, you know, like you said, you were going to the gym, but you weren't kind of maybe doing the right things. And I think most of us find ourselves in that category. Mm-hmm. Certainly I've done that myself, where you do think, you know, your mind tells you, well, I'm going three times, four mm-hmm. times a week. You know, why am I not losing weight? Why am I not feeling healthier? All of those kind of things. So what for you, when you went through that experience of learning about the fitness you know, real fitness and how to apply that to yourself. What did
1: you learn through that process about fitness as a whole? I think the main thing was that you have to take yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You have to feel a bit uncomfortable when you're you're, you're doing exercise. You have to be a little bit breathless. You know, when you're uh, lifting weights, they have to be, you know, you have to get to the 10th repetition and you're struggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was never like that before. You know, I'd get on a machine, do 10 repetitions and get off again you know and Mm -hmm. clearly nothing was happening because I wasn't really getting myself uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I didn't really understand the whole thing about progressive overload and you know and and muscle repair Mm -hmm. and and things like that and you know slowly as I started to learn those things I could train myself amazing
0: so through that process then I've had a little some challenges along the way though right so do you want to talk to me through um, some of those experiences that you've had
1: Yes. So in 2013, you know, so it was, it was around, you know, it was around about the time or just after I started getting into fitness. Um, a number of people at where I work des- decided to sign up for an anniversary 10K. And this was the anniversary of the London Olympics. Yep. So 10K ran the Olympic Park finishing off the last lap in the Olympic Stadium. So amazing. amazing right? you know, mm-hmm. So, you know, why wouldn't you want to do that? So I started training. So I signed up, started training. I mean, more or less immediately, I started getting discomfort. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> strangely enough, I thought it was my sports bra was too tight. Mm-hmm. But then I worked out after a while that I, it obviously wasn't, that I was getting tightness in my chest. Yeah. So I went to the GP, had an ECG, blood tests, everything was fine. Was told there was nothing wrong with me. So I carried on. And over the course of two years, the symptoms got worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes I would nearly pass out. One time I did pass out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which now seems really ludicrous, because I yeah. was a nurse. You mm-hmm. know, I had that mm-hmm. professional background. But what overrode my instinct, I would say, yeah. was this view that I was a healthy woman. Yeah, You know, I'd, I hadn't been off sick for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do all these things. So, you know, these symptoms were just an inconvenience to me. I mean, it mm-hmm. just seems odd now. Yeah. But it came to a crunch when I, I did do the 10K round the Olympic Park and I couldn't actually run it. I had to walk because I kept nearly passing out. I could be coming lightheaded and I just thought this, this is something, you know. This this not right. Here. Something's yeah. not mm-hmm. right. I, you know, I've got to get this sorted yeah. out. Again, went back to the GP. I was told there was nothing wrong with me blood pressure was fine, all those things, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with me. But I wasn't happy at that stage. Yeah. So I worked just around the corner from Harley Street. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would book a stress ECG because I'd had an ECG lying down, yeah. but I wanted to, you know, what, what was happening yeah. when I was doing the, exercise. Doing the mm-hmm. exercise. So that's what I did. And I can remember... Trotting around there one Monday at lunchtime to have this ECG done and the cardiologist took my history Uh, and I don't know whether it was because of the history I gave or because they done a heart scan for everyone that had an ECG but she scanned my heart and that's when my life changed (laughs) because she told me what was wrong with me that I had severe aortic valve stenosis and you know because of my professional background I knew what that was you know I knew what the treatment was mm-hmm. and you know I was in complete shock you know so, so for
0: our listeners tell us what that actually is
1: well so it's you know um, uh, one of you've got four valves in your yep. heart
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the aortic valve is the one where the blood leaves the heart and goes into the a- aorta that then goes down to the rest of your body and that valve was heavily calcified meaning that not enough blood was yep. getting through it and when I was exercising, that's when I was getting the lightheadedness, the chest pain, you know, all the other symptoms. So she told me, no more exercise. You can walk, but that's it. Wow. And I do remember thinking, oh, I'm going to have to stop training. Followed <laughs> sorry, by, sorry, it's not funny. No, but it's not. Funny, but that yeah. know, that was how you know that was you know I think that was my passion for exercise. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to have to stop training. Followed very quickly by, oh, I might die. Yeah. You know because yeah. it's. Yeah. You it's know, really if you, didn't, yeah, yeah. If you mm-hmm. don't, you know, if you don't get treatment for it, you, you know, yeah. you're, it's life mm-hmm. limiting because yeah. it's very serious. Although I I'd had that done privately, I was then fairly quickly got into the um, NHS system. Yeah. Yeah. And about seven weeks later, I had the operation. Yeah. Uh, I'd actually had to go into A&E as an emergency because uh, the chest pain was, yeah. you know, was, was there all the time. Uh, and I had the surgery and recovered really well. And went back to training. I've done the cardiac rehab, yep. you know, the program yep. that they, they, they have through the hospital. And then uh, I went back to training three or four months later.
0: Unbelievable. So mm. I'm interested to understand more around you and how you navigated yourself through that, because that's not... I would say an ordinary thing to have to experience in one's life, um, and like you said, it's life-threatening. So I suppose that's that wake-up call. When, and and you knew the seriousness,
1: being with your nursing background and everything. So how did you keep yourself on track? And, and it was hard. Yeah, it was hard. You know, and I think anyone that has you know that, that sort of diagnosis, whether it's heart issues, whether it's cancer or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, for me it was like a bereavement. Yeah, you know, there I was thinking that I was perfectly healthy, fit. Um, I had this, I- this inconvenience mm-hmm. of, you know, th- but, you know, I had this view of myself as a healthy, fit woman. And then I wasn't. And I know it, it may seem a bit dramatic, but I now view my life in two halves. Mm. There was the pre-heart yeah, yeah. issue, and then there was the post-heart, you know, life. So, you know, I did go through this process of, of grieving, there was disbelief, there was anger, there was, you know, there were all sorts of emotions. But fortunately for me, by the time I had my surgery, I'd reconciled myself, yeah. you know, which, you know, which was really positive because a lot of people, their gap between diagnosis and surgery is out can be ours. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, they can have you know real repercussions as a consequence of yeah. that. A lot of, you know, there's a high level of depression in heart patients. So, you know, I did a lot to make sure that I wasn't going to go down that route. I prepared myself for the surgery, if if you can prepare, because I was so scared. Yeah. But, yes, it was quite difficult. At the same time, my best friend, who I'd known from the first day of nurse training, about two months before, she'd been diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. So you know we could support each other. Yeah. Unfortunately, she only lasted another year. You know, she died, Same and um, and I survived. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I had something that was quite mechanically wrong with me. Yeah. That actually, though, although, although is quite complex surgery. Is actually now routine surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, obviously, I'm really sorry to hear about yeah. your your friend. Obviously, but. What's interesting is that sense of reconciliation. So going through all those emotions, like you said, and grieving, but also kind of trying to get yourself in the right mind space or the right mindset um, before you actually go in for that surgery and then how you deal with it then at, at the other end. I'm interested to understand more around that reconciliation. So there's something around acceptance I'm hearing. If, yeah. You know, that this is just necessary. It is definitely needing to be done. But how did you personally reconcile that? What did you
1: do? I, you know, one of the things I did... Well, one of the things I, I was determined to get back to training. Yeah, I'd done a lot of research. From that research, I was pretty confident I wasn't going to die. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because I was I was fit. Yeah, and a healthy, apart from having this calcified yeah. um, heart valve. I mean, there was cons- I had obviously concerns that there might be post op complications because yeah. that seems to be, you know, a, c- can be an issue. But I was really focused on getting back into you know fitness. Mm. You know, I I took up the offer of cardiac rehab you know I was surprised that a lot of particularly women don't do it don't do it no Mm -hmm. No, um, a lot of men do it so that would probably you probably think well it's men that have heart issues but actually you know a lot of women have heart problems why do you
0: think they don't do that
1: well I don't know I don't know Um, I know at the time I blogged about it because I you know to try to do Mm -hmm. some research I don't I think there is something about women not giving themselves the, the time and the space to get well i don't know mm. um, i was only you know there's me and another woman that yeah. went through the program and everybody else was was male um, but you know i did yeah. what i was told yep a lot of people didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i did what i was told uh, on a couple of occasions i was told to slow down yeah mm-hmm. but i did go through the whole program and it gave me a lot of confidence about returning to to exercise yeah. you know particularly around having this huge scar running down my chest yep. and you know and what you know the and what what that meant so I did do what I was told and I suppose I just looked after myself and when, when one of the other things I did and I arranged before and you know when I knew that I was going to go into surgery for surgery I negotiated with my employer that I would have a bit of a sabbatical yeah so I knew I'd probably need three months off sickly so um I had another three months off you know to
0: really get my head around it. So it feels through that process then there's something about genuinely listening to what you you needed, yeah. but also um, in a sense being quite kind and compassionate to yeah. yourself as well. And yeah. I think one of the challenges for most women is that they don't do that for yeah. themselves because we always give to everybody else, don't we? But I think, I think there is something there that I'm, I'm hearing quite strongly for you, but also that belief and, and willingness and, and actually, is it fair to say determination? To get back definitely. I,
1: You know, I was going to go back into that gym. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, you know, I'd I'd achieved a number of things before I became, you know, I'd recognised that I was ill. And I just wanted to carry on building on that. I mean, one of the things I had to do, uh, I didn't have to do it, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to do, was to stop, I was training to be a personal trainer at that time. Mm -hmm. And I just put that on hold. Even though I was told by my provider, well, you don't have to be able to exercise to, but that wasn't going to be for me so I put that on hold so I was very determined to get back into you know to studying for that and to get that yeah. qualification so yeah there was a lot of things that I needed to do yeah
0: and so by
1: having this experience has it taught you anything well I suppose don't take don't take things for granted mm-hmm. you know I did take my health for granted I thought I was you know exercising yeah. eating but you know I just had this view that my health was there to stay mm. so it was a, you know it was really quite you know a bit of a wake-up call when it, it wasn't there anymore so yep. I think you know I value my health a lot more and I suppose I value you know it is life affirming I know you know people yeah, say yeah. that but you know it, it's life affirming you know you have to live every day because it can be taken away from you and I don't think I really appreciated that before mm. before I became ill
0: Obviously, I can understand that it is life affirming and it would absolutely resonates completely to me. But I suppose there's something about then around how you then sustain that moving forward as well, isn't it? Because obviously, once you've recovered and then you get back into everything, then I suppose life would go back to
1: No, it never never went back to normal. Uh, I I went back to work, you know, I carried on. But I think, you know, there's something that stays within you that this could all be taken away from me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, well, I never felt that way before. So I really just valued what I could do. Yeah, And also at the same time, because my friend had died, I used to think, you know, her name was Denise as well. You know, Denise would love to be doing this. You know, even just walking down the street with the, you know, the air in your face, just thinking, oh, you know... I'm experiencing this when Denise can't, you know, I think you just, I just took pleasure in more simple things, you know, those things that you take for granted, uh, because they're going to be there forever, you know, they may not, or they won't, will they, you know, so, so I I think, I think my life became simpler, okay, and I became more appreciative, yeah, appreciative of, you know, the health that I, that, you know, I, I had, yeah, uh, and, you know, appreciate, pre- appreciative of the, the NHS s- saved me, you know. I mean, it was just amazing, the care I got. And, yeah, it's just uh, amazing. So yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad you listened to your intuition. It's interesting, isn't it, that I think, again, you push that down, you know, and kind of carried on, like yeah. you said. But actually listening to that and thinking, hang on a minute, there is maybe something not 100% right, especially the passing yeah. out and things. But, you know, I mean, I, th- <laughs> exactly. I think, I think though, but so many of us do put things off Oh. And we don't listen to what our body is telling us. And we, we just think everything will be all right. And so it, I'm really glad you, you caught it when you did. So obviously you then go back and retrain. You continue then eventually mm. to train to be a personal trainer. Is that right? Yes. Yeah.
1: And then what happens after that? Because I was working full time. I never worked as a personal trainer. Yeah. I mean, I did what I did do was I used to do exercise nutrition programs for friends which I really enjoyed you Mm -hmm. know they give me all their statistics and I would work out a training plan for them and whatever so I I really enjoyed doing that the other thing I did was I then done a further qualification in exercise for the older adult uh, because that's you know an area that I'm particularly interested in because you know I do have my challenges with people saying that I shouldn't be doing what I'm I'm doing doing? yeah you know I should be (laughs) taking it easy as an older person, you know, I shouldn't be doing these things, which is absolute rubbish. You mm-hmm. know, if you look at all the research, it all supports older people, yeah. you know, exercising, training. And, you know, until you get start getting frail, you can train in exactly the same way as yeah. a much younger person. But it's more valuable to you as an older person just because of the you know challenges of getting older and muscle yeah. loss and mm-hmm. strength loss and... Uh, balance and that type of thing so
0: what would your tips because i know i've seen you on uh, facebook and stuff lifting what i would say would be quite heavy weights (laughs) 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 or they look heavy anyway so what would your advice be to anybody who is maybe thinking about really taking their own health and well-being to that you know taking it seriously i suppose what what tips would you give them around exercise and so forth
1: well i think you have to find something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. Um, I love weight training, you know, and I do lift heavy weights, you know. Uh, my deadlift is 120 kilos, which, oh you know, is, is a lot harder than, you know, it's a lot higher than, you know, some men can lift, yeah. you know. So, uh-huh. you know, I take particular pride. And there's, mm-hmm. there is something really, you know, it gives you a lot of confidence mm. when you're that strong, you know. So, yeah. you know, so I do really, really enjoy it. But you have to find something you enjoy. So I think there's something about trying different things out. Yeah. I would always advocate having a personal trainer even if it's just for a couple of sessions just yep. to show you know what you know, you should be doing because you want to prevent injury mm-hmm. you know I think certainly lifting weights well any, any exercise and running down the road you can cause injury so but just being you know being confident that you're doing the right thing and, and ignore what society is telling you that you should be slowing down yeah um, I mean, I've even been told by health professionals that, you know, I shouldn't be exercising the way I am, you know, that I'm going to wear my body out. Which is bonkers. Well, it is bonkers, <laughs> you know, but, you know, a lot of people, yeah. you know, view the human body as like a motor car. Yeah. That it's going to run out, you know, it's going to wear itself out, where mm-hmm. the complete opposite, you know, re- rejuvenates yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do like the, f- the, 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 the term... Um, Motion is lotion, because Mm -hmm. it does, Mm. you know, um, really um, rejuvenate the body. So, yes, I think, you know, you have to ignore that negativity. Yeah. Find something that you really enjoy doing, but also do it correctly.
0: And it is interesting, because you see people, I see people at the gym, I've done it myself, where you think you know what you're doing, and actually you've got no clue whatsoever. And I do advocate for actually getting a personal trainer yeah. because I think definitely, even like you said, if even it's just for a couple of sessions, just to show you the, the motions of what you should be doing and how you should be standing and, and so yeah. on and so on, I think it's very important. And I think that a lot of people don't most probably, you know, a lot of people see the value in that, but I also know there's a lot of people who don't see the value in that, which I think can be, that's where, you know, the challenges come, especially as you're getting older, because you pull a muscle, you twist a knee, you hurt your back, you know and so on and so on then it, it can have a massive impact on your mobility can't it definitely and that's what we yeah. want as we get um, older in particular is yeah. is to, to be mobile and to be to, to feel physically fit and active so i know though obviously because i've known you now for for a number of years but you also have had the odd blip haven't you around <laughs> yes. health and i think i think going back to you can't take your health for granted mm. i think just kind of really struck struck a chord with me so are you happy just to share a little bit more about what happened more recently?
1: Yes. I mean, I think probably I need to go back a little bit because my health issues are all to do with having an autoimmune condition. Right. So when I was young and into my teenage years, and even when I started as a nurse, I suffered from psoriasis, a hereditary condition. And later on, I then developed the uh, psoriatic. form of arthritis that a number of people that have s- yeah. skin lesions can get the arthritis um, so i was being treated for psoriatic arthritis it only affects my hands it's not you know it's no, no other part of my body but it's an autoimmune condition mm-hmm. the cardiologists believed that my heart condition was as a consequence of that autoimmune condition right. you know inflammatory responses in yeah. the joints you know inflammatory response in the in the heart so you know, I, I'm. I think I can be very fairly confident that my heart condition was a consequence of my autoimmune yeah. condition. If you have one autoimmune condition, your chances of getting a second autoimmune condition are higher. Right. I didn't really appreciate that until you know I mm-hmm. got a second autoimmune condition. I wouldn't have known that to no. be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, so that's what I was told. Yeah. Um So the end of 2021, you know. I was going through 2021. I was fit. I was strong. I was, you know, reaching a lot of fitness goals. In uh, October 2021, it all started to fall apart. I thought it was my heart condition coming back again. Um, I was, bre- I started becoming breathless. Um, my, um, I, my strength deteriorated. I went from being able to run 5k to becoming breathless if I walked up a flight of stairs. Um, the weight just started falling off of me, um, so I lost a stone in, in a matter of weeks. That's quite worrying, isn't it? Well, mm-hmm. it's very worrying. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you spend your lifetime t- trying to lose weight, yeah, <laughs> and you don't want to lose it that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, losing that much of much weight in such a short period of time—I was eating as if it was Christmas, yeah—and I was still losing weight. I mean. So, because I didn't want to wait for the NHS, I, I, you know, this time around. I knew there was a problem. I wanted to get it sorted out. I wasn't going to ignore it. Because that's also in pandemic times, right? Um, Or was that before? No, it was, we were still in that, you know, in that end of 2021 was, we we weren't in lockdown, but there was still a lot of travel restrictions. There was Mm -hmm. was still, you know, there were still issues. Yeah. You know, I read in the newspaper that having, getting an echocardiogram was taking two years. Well, I wasn't going to wait two years. So I did pay privately because I thought it was my heart. Yeah. I paid privately to have an echocardiogram and to see the cardiologist. The cardiologist took a, a load of bloods and within, you know, a week I had a diagnosis and had a, I had an overactive thyroid, which I was delighted because mm-hmm. I knew that it, you know, it that could be, be manageable. It could yeah. be managed. Mm-hmm. But God, it just took, it took my life away from me, you know. I was weak, I was breathless, I, I started to lose my balance, um, uh, and lo- lost all this weight, so I looked haggard. It's just, yeah, it's just I mean, it's just amazing what your thyroid can do to your body yeah. if it starts malfunctioning. Absolutely. Um, but then I was quickly, I was started on the medication, and I, I within weeks, I was... I started to recover and I, yeah, going back to my, you know, my goal setting. So that was the end of 2021. My birthday, my 62nd birthday would have been, it was, it was in April. So I set myself goals that yep. I wanted to achieve. So mm-hmm. one of them was to, to do a 10K. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd had to cancel a 10K in Regent's Park because I just, well, just couldn't hardly walk, let alone run. I wanted to get back to Doing a a deadlift of over 100 kg, and I wanted to do my birthday burpees. There's a tradition. Who on earth
0: wants to do birthday burpees? (laughs) So
1: there's a tradition in my in my gym that you do birthday burpees, which is great if you're 24. Not so good if you're 62. So, (laughs) and and I achieved that. You know, did you literally have to do 62 birthday burpees? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I didn't do it in the gym. Um, I set up my camera uh-huh um, outside in my garden and i recorded oh. me doing the 62 burpees denise i'm absolutely in <laughs> absolute awe I, I couldn't even do three never mind well, 62 I, I hate burpees i do um but i think in terms of an exercise they mm-hmm. are you know they uh-huh. challenge yeah they challenge you know your strength they challenge your endurance they challenge your balance yeah so they're a great exercise you know they are awful, but I just think—I just think to myself—if <laughs> I can—if I can do my birthday burpees, then things can't be that bad. So I did them. It, it takes—it doesn't. I can't do it in a few minutes. It takes yeah, it a little takes while. It takes a while, yeah. But uh, anyway, so I achieved all those three things. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So you know, I was—and I was being well cared for by the um, the NHS in terms yeah. of of my thyroid issue. Um, yeah. So I was back on track. I mean what a journey really
0: <laughs> and one obviously very unexpected but what what I'm seeing is and hearing is somebody who who knows what she wants
1: is that fair to say yeah I'm very goal orientated yeah. uh, I know some people that doesn't work for yeah. them but I'm very goal orientated the other thing is I like to treat my body as a project
0: mm.
1: so you know if I if I need to lose... You know, not post Christmas, yeah. post holiday. You know, uh, I need to lose some fat. I try not to talk about weight loss because yeah. I think this is about fat loss. Um, so, you know, I I monitor that. I monitor you know my strength goals. Um, I'm I uh, in November last year I I competed in HyROX, which is a, an indoor fitness competition. I'm doing that again in um, in May with my daughter. I like to have something to focus on Yeah, that keeps me on track, and, yeah. and then I like to write about it, you know. because yeah, you do
0: a fabulous blog, I'd, and I'm yeah. going get, to get you to share that yeah. a little bit more at the end of our conversation, but I know that you get a lot from writing and sharing what you've been mm. doing and so forth.
1: Yes, not I mean, not just, I set up this blog in 2015, so it's been going for quite a while, mm. I've had to change the title because it was fit from 50. Now <laughs> it's sort of, uh, I've, I now call it 60 is the new 60. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can achieve, you know, in your 60s, you know, m- amazing things. So it's a lot of it is about fitness. Yeah. But also it's about, you know, what things that you can be doing. You, you know, so it, when I was, when I got into my 60, uh, my 59th year, as I was leading up to 60, I'd done a 60 for 60. Mm-hmm. So all, you know, different experiences, different yep. books to read, you know, that yep. type of thing. And I'm now doing a 70 for 70. So, you know, 70 things in my seventh decade. That yep. you know, it's, And it's it, it's quite, it makes you do things a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because I can, you know, I'll do something and think, well, I'll do that because I can write about it. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's a great experience. I mean, doing High Rocks, leading up to High Rocks, I, used, I was blogging about my training mm-hmm. and then I blogged about, the High Rocks experience Yeah, so i think writing about things just takes takes it to a different level yeah it you does. do you do things not just for the sake of doing things you do it because you you want to write about yeah, it yeah
0: absolutely so can you share just a couple of things that 70 by 70 what what else is on the agenda then um uh, well
1: a marathon right well you know okay. i want to do a marathon um i would love and i i don't know if this is ever going because i've been trying to do it for for god knows how long is pull-up an unassisted pull-up you know mm-hmm. I'd love to be one of those people that gets on the underground and pulls himself you know does a pull-up <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen so but if we see you on YouTube yes yeah, <laughs> be TikTok me. or something like that <laughs> <laughs> just doing it there's a number of things I mean there's countries that I wanted to yeah. um to visit. visit but a lot of it is just taking opportunities yeah you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. something will present itself my daughter she works in one of the big buildings in London who have the you know the charity run-ups I'd love to do one of those well
0: honestly unbelievable so as we draw our conversation to an end because there's lots of great great I think inspiration in what you've shared and I hope our listeners and people who are watching this feel the same way but tell me from your perspective if you think about the key things you've shared a lot about what you've learned and things like that but but out of all of this, what are kind of your guiding principles? What are the two or three
1: things that you you absolutely take with you in everything that you do? Well, I think health has to be a priority. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, and I think <coughs> I think the, the brilliance of exercise is it, it impacts on your physical health and on your mental health. You know, it's you know, if it was a pill, it would be a super drug. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also the thing about enjoying enjoying life, be thankful the, for the simple things that you yeah. can do. I was particularly taken about in the chapter in your book, Gillian, on joy versus mm-hmm. happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be happy all the time, but you can fi- find joy in yeah. things that, on, on an everyday. So I, you know, I, I <coughs> from that I identified, you know, what is it that gives me joy? And sometimes it's just about going to a coffee shop and having a, a coffee, isn't it? And doing yeah. those things. You may not be particularly happy at that time, but you can do those things. So I think it's you know finding things that yeah you know, simple things that yeah. you find pleasure mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. So I think prioritising health, finding joy in yeah. simple things. but I think also identifying your passions and mm. your yeah you know, what you know what really drives you, what you know what excites you. Mm. and I think you know whatever your age, you can find those passions,
0: yeah. And I think that's a big thing that's I've, I, what's really resonated from this conversation with you today is actually there is no limit on age for no. anything. And for me, it feels like there's, obviously you need to have your physical health to be able to do certainly some of the things that you've been talking about. But I also think it's a, it's a big mindset piece as well. It is
1: a big mindset because as you get older, you lose your tribe. Yeah. You know, very mm-hmm. few, particularly older women... I see, you know, I, I see in the gym. Yeah. I train with my daughter. You know, she's my training partner. Age shouldn't be a barrier. Yes. And there's very few conditions, health conditions, that would suggest that you shouldn't be exercising. Yeah. Nearly everything, whatever condition you've got, advocate exercise in one form or another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that shouldn't be a barrier. Yeah. And,
0: and not, maybe, the, you know, the gym isn't for everybody, right? And I think what you said earlier on is... is find what works best for you and and then but but to embrace it that's what I'm hearing is that to keep that consistent in your life and to to, to keep yourself active in many ways but in a way that works right for your own body type and for also what what, what kind of is going to make you I suppose feel
1: good about yourself in those moments yeah and I, I do I mean I do love the gym yeah I know a lot of people go to the gym don't love it but they just yeah. do it mm-hmm. but I think it's about getting to a level of fitness that allows you to do things that you do enjoy. So I do like, I like climbing mountains Mm -hmm. and I've done, you know, quite a few mountains, but you have to have a level of fitness to be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, If you live next to a mountain, then you don't need to go to the gym. You can just be climbing that mountain, (laughs) can't you? But, you know, Essex is quite flat. So, um, (laughs) so, yeah, I think, you know, you have to find what you enjoy and, you know, where your passions lie. Yeah. And that's a
0: really big takeaway. So what I heard you say there was, Put your health as a priority. You know, as you said, kind of we know that there is such that deep that that deep connection, I think, with the physicality Mm. and the mental, but also Mm. the emotional kind of aspects of our well of our being. And 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 to use that and to connect with that in that way. Um, enjoy life. You've only got you've you've only got simple things. We've only got got one, we've only got one. Exactly. So make the the, Mm. make the best use of our time. But as you said, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It could be just going for a coffee. The simple yes. things actually can bring a huge amount of joy, and then find something that you feel really passionate about, and yes, do it definitely. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. What an amazing conversation, and you are an absolute inspiration. So thank you. Keep going and keep kind of sharing your journey and experiences um, in your blog because it's absolutely amazing. So let's find out where we can get hold of you. So where's the best place to find you,
1: Denise? Well, I'm I'm on all the social media sites. Uh, my blog is called uh, 60 is the new 60. 60 is the new 60. And on
0: social media, do you, what's your handle? Is it Denise Linney? If you put in Denise Linney, there's very few Denise Linneys in the right. world. All right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll find you at Denise Linney on you're on Facebook. And you've got your 60 at 60 blog. And just just a bit of plug for your
1: coaching practice as well. Okay. As you can imagine, you know, as you, you get from I'm very, very passionate about wellness coaching Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be the subject of my MA Um, I am very intrigued about how wellness coaching can be sometimes quite difficult compared to career coaching Mm -hmm. people commit to career coaching not so much wellness coaching so I really would like to explore that uh, when I do my MA All right, lovely that's amazing well listen thank you so much for
0: your time it's been wonderful and I've really enjoyed this conversation I know our listeners are going to feel exactly the same way thank you Well, what an amazing conversation that was with Denise Linney and what struck me so much about the conversation is the connection to how much physical exercise can have an impact on your emotional and mental well-being. Alongside that is Denise's journey and the strength and the resilience and how she overcome those obstacles, which were very life-threatening, as you've heard, but more than anything else, the fact that she wanted to stay true to the things that she was really passionate about Now, obviously, Denise, there's some great learnings in there, which is your health should always be a priority. And if it could be a pill, it would be a super drug. Alongside that, enjoy life, the simple things, and be thankful for every experience, I suppose, that you have because life is short at the end of the day and we only get one opportunity to live in this particular body. What also struck me was to identify your passions. Again, it doesn't have to be complicated, but do things that bring you joy, but also give you that deep sense, I would say, of satisfaction. And certainly Denise is absolutely walking that talk big time. I love the idea of how you can apply yourself after you overcome physical hurdles and life-threatening hurdles, as Denise did, And I think for anybody who's listening to this or even watched this conversation, I'm sure there's lots of other additional nuggets and insights. I truly have been inspired by Denise's conversation today and I hope you have been too. So remember, if you're reaching a birthday, get down, do those burpees. If Denise can do 62 burpees, I'm sure we can do some too. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you take some really good insights away.